Hello, and welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast, the Barn Edition. The Barn. That's right. Edition. We're, we're, if you're, if you can see us on the YouTube's, we are recording at the Barn. This is where we're, we played last night, and where we're playing tonight. Yep. It's very exciting. We isn't play here it? often. We do. Some might say too often, but not us. Yeah. Maybe some bartenders here. <laughs> no, I think they like us. Yeah. I think they yeah. appreciate having us, but like we are here a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, we, at least we play different tunes, yeah. you know, like than most bands do. So maybe they, because I've heard other bartenders say like, oh, thank God we're not hearing another classic rock band. Oh, yeah. Classic rock is a little stale. No offense. Don't stop. Believe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, we're recording at the barn because it was convenient and because mm-hmm. live stuff is fun. Um, we're planning a little special um, event where we're going to roll through a bunch of episodes and hopefully have some guests on and we're going to do it at a little bar in town. More on that, we'll probably put a little Facebook ad out, a little video um, to, to get people ready for that and to recruit. We, ha- I, we, have we a, want you. We want you. Whether you know anything about music or the particular band we're going to go over for that episode or not. Uh, we want you to come on and yeah. we'll pay for your beers and you know, it'll be depending on your level of fame. Maybe we'll pay you some money. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, you know, Jack who is the first, yeah, Jack Black, who is the first person we invited on? Maybe Lars. Yeah. I think it was Lars. Yeah. Cause I was like shit talking yeah. a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, um, let's do, we are a, uh, we're a 90s discography podcast now. That's boiling it down a little too simply. But for the what we're focusing on now is discographies of bands trying to answer uh, uh, one nagging question about that group and how that discography relates uh, to to their evolution as Evo- a band evolution. through their career. Yeah, um, and beyond. The, and beyond that, we also have a theme for every season, which seems silly now, but I kind of like themes. So mm. we're in season three, and season three's theme is soundtracks. So leading up to this band, we did the Escape from LA soundtrack because that had Tool on it. And this, we are in the midst, we are in the midst <laughs> of of the Tool discography. Uh, last episode was Opiate combined with Undertow. Uh, those, uh, I enjoyed both of them more than I thought, or more than I remembered liking them um i'm saying um a lot i, um. I hear yeah i think it's uh, hopefully our mics aren't picking up too much of the ambient jams mu- the out. jams <laughs> from the barn i told them not to worry about it because we're kind of inconveniencing uh-huh. them so um so you know we'll, we'll deal with it we'll we'll make sure that our mics get turned down at the appropriate point so at the very least you'll hear mostly tool during the music parts mm-hmm. um so yeah we're in the tool discography right now are you enjoying it Dude, yeah. So it's been a long time since I've listened to Tool like in rotation, and it's a it was a good break because now I just like in full force jamming out to them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do. 
Yeah, dude. And this is a band you have to listen hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a lot going on. So you got to listen hard. And, and I love music that's like layered. Yeah. Like they keep adding stuff. And For it, sure. It's like the same riff, but they just keep adding it. And we're know? getting, in my opinion, today is we're talking about the most layered right. album they do. Yeah. Um, little more uh, of the housekeeping. We described what we do. Don't forget to freaking subscribe already. <laughs> all right. We like to throw a little insult, a little jab at people if they're listening and they haven't subscribed yet. For Christ's sake, subscribe. If you're li- if you made it this far, it's time to hit subscribe button. The button. Yeah, uh, I like to keep track of our stats, our s- download stats, and we are not. We we've been steadily month after month more listeners, more downloads. Blah blah blah. This month we're not on pace to meet last month. Hmm. But fear not. Last month was a weird month where there were five Tuesdays. So we uh, released five episodes last okay. month. And this one will only have four. And we're actually pretty damn close. Yeah. So at, well, at, at 80% strength, yeah. we're still like on the climb. Uh-huh. So that's great. Uh, but also, after you subscribe, rate that shit. Five stars <laughs> only. Five stars only. I don't know if you follow one of my many Twitter accounts, but my day job, we have a pizza tasting <laughs> twitter account and we had the worst pizza in the world <laughs> tell us about it it was called chalet pizza in galena and um to to say that it was reminiscent of like school pizza is is everyone's go-to like we have pictures of it up uh-huh. and everybody's like that looks like cafeteria pizza and it does that's true but cafeteria pizza had this i don't know this, this might be the wrong way to describe it but to me it had almost like a clean flavor to it it wasn't a good flavor yeah. but it tasted clean like like the tomato sauce on it was non-offensive okay you know it was it tasted like they took spaghetti sauce watered it down a little bit and that's uh-huh. what they put on their pizza or whatever throw some oregano in there you got that you got a pizza sauce hey, you got you know? a pizza. yeah they microwave it and it's out yeah. to you this pizza the the sauce tasted like like Is acid. it like this? Hey, you got a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> acid and cigarettes. <laughs> and we always get... we Our test pizza is called the De Leon, named after my boss. It's got pepperoni, jalapenos, and pineapple. And so we'd never had this place before. A lot of places don't have either jalapenos or pineapple. Mm-hmm. So I'm at... Rather than just straight ordering it, I'm asking him, you know, could we get pepperoni? Yeah. Uh, but do you all, do you have jalapenos? Yeah, we got we got. I can't do his voice. It was like an older guy. Yeah, yeah, we have jalapenos. Do you have pineapple? Um, what, was it like a hippie dude? Like, yeah, man. No, no, no. Oh. It was more like I imagine him being um, like a toothless, a short, toothless, uh, old like uh, HVAC. Okay. You know, yeah. technician, uh-huh. which isn't to say, I think that's because I'm thinking of a character in Portlandia. Okay. <laughs> I'm imagining yeah. a certain guy. Um, but anyway, that's what he reminded me of. And so, I, do you have pineapples? And he's like, oh, let me check. And uh, 30 seconds, not 30 seconds, 15 seconds later, yeah, we got pineapples. <laughs> so, like, what I'm thinking, this was a carryout. It yeah. was, it's chalet, pizza, and carryout. Oh. So what I'm thinking is he literally went through his carryout to see if they had pineapple that they could throw on a pizza. Oh in there. man! I mean, why? Why else would a guy who works at a pizza place not know what toppings they yeah. have, unless he like just started? Yeah. I didn't hear him ask anyone. Hey, we got pineapples. <laughs> but the pineapple 
this is bizarre. I know this is going to sound like I'm just making it up, but I, I really do think my taste buds, if you closed my eyes and put this pineapple in my mouth, it tasted like an apple, not a pine uh-huh. apple. So it was sweet, but it was it had this like more of a floral, uh-huh. which doesn't sound bad. And it wasn't like, oh, gross, <laughs> this pineapple tastes like monster shit. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it was just, you, it wasn't right. Is what it was, and we got two pizzas. We got one the De Leon style and one the just pepperoni. Just pep. And the De Leon style had like a crackery crust that was stale, but it was the best part of the pizza. Uh-huh. Stale but cracker crust. It had like a little crispness, but the pepperoni was clearly a totally different crust altogether. Mm. That's a red flag right there. You order two pizzas, and there are two totally different crusts. Yeah. Like. The pepperoni pizza, I swear to God, I think it was just like a Tony's pizza that they put like Probably. through a broiler. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, Tony's was better than this. Uh-huh. Um, hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. It was, the, we had three or four people eating it because we always eat it together at work and judge. Yeah. And I don't think any of us were like playing around, like being mean because, you know, sometimes you get the mob mentality like, oh, yeah, that does suck. Fuck that pizza. Yeah. Excuse my F. But. I think we all genuinely were like, this is horrible. Yeah. Like we didn't, I ate two pieces and that was it. And I was starving before we started. Like that's never happened before. Mm. I almost only ate you a pizza. You do like your pizza, bro. I love my pizza. Yeah. I, I have always said I, I'll never, I've never met a pizza I don't like. And I will say that chalet, I, I can't say I like it. But you would eat it. But if it was like if it was next door to me, I'd eat that. What band would you compare it to? Better than Ezra. Okay. Off the top of my head. <laughs> so Better I'd than Ezra. Like a, a couple hits, one hit. Yeah. Like like all I'm a couple st- bites that I'm, were like <laughs> Yeah. I'm starving. They're located across the street from me and they have a special on pineapples that taste like yeah. apples. Like that's that's when I get chalet. Pineapples taste like apples. <laughs> so, yeah, it was horrible. Don't have chalet pizza. I mean, I look as a former small business owner slash failure. Yeah, I understand. I, I mean, I, I just said yeah, like I didn't mean like you are. I meant like <laughs> I was like I wasn't on, insulted. Yeah, I was like carrying on the conversation. Yeah, you know, like when you're like, yep, right. Like, I'm listening. Right. I I feel bad like trashing a place, and I'm not. I'm uh-huh. not intending to just trash them, but like they had four and a half stars on Google. On oh, like, dude. On like 40 reviews. And I get that they could have 40 close friends. And yeah. maybe a couple of them rated it four just to make it seem realistic. Well, they have to know. I mean, it's <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the thing I would say. Like, if I were to write a Google review, I think I'd be like, look, guys. Did we press record? Yeah, we did. I checked earlier. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it in the video. I think I would say, like, look, guys, you know what you are. Mm. Like, this is, I, I'm not trying. But it says four and a half, you know, the average rating is four and a half stars. Dude, and people are like, only. people are five stars onlying. And, but, but they're five stars onlying and saying, like, best pizza uh, I've ever had. Yeah. And look, I, you're right. That's what we're asking people to do. Even if you think we suck five stars only. Uh-huh. But, but you should also tell people if, you, you know, if you follow the subscribe rate review in the review, put what you really think if you want, because we don't care. Yeah. Put what you really think, yeah. just five stars only. I want to hear your words. Yeah, but people are not doing that at Chalet Pizza. <laughs> at Chalet Pizza, people are saying great toppings, is the, great. Oh, okay. I mean, is the price good? 
No, it was thirty dollars <laughs> for a large shit. and a medium. Yeah, thirty dollars. <laughs> we got railroaded, <laughs> so it was uh, not good at all. And uh, so I think I just need to get down there and be like, "Look, you guys are probably very sweet people, and I wish you no harm." Well, it is out of carryout. Maybe they're just fucked up when they go in there. Maybe that's true too. But the long and short of it is, I just someone needs to get on there and say. Very nice, five stars only. Your pizza tastes like shit. That's <laughs> monster shit. Monster shit. Okay, well, that's enough of pizza talk. I mean, I enjoyed pizza talk. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Oh, my gosh. We have left out so many things. Don't forget the hashtags that we like to follow. So um, we're always following on the uh, on the gram to see if people are doing stuff. And we did finally get one. Really? We got, we got a, a human clay, not gourmet, talking about the pizza that I tweeted oh, about. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so obviously that was a friend, but it still counts. Hashtag human clay, not gourmet. Richard Patrick, thumbs down to the ground. Climax of the song, climax of your dong. Hashtag five high fives. Five stars only. Cooking with gas. Though yeah. we could, we've been debating the hashtag cooking with gas. Um, hashtag monster shit. It's a pretty good one, but yeah. it's but it's uh, a little bit vulgar. Hashtag Strawberry wi- River. That's <laughs> strawberry a pretty Strawberry River. That's a pretty good one too. So you know, throw your hashtag suggestions out because those are fun for us to play with. Even though they get us no extra publicity, dude, we just like yeah, to. It's, it's a way to reminisce yep. about the things that we talked about already. Yep, dude. When we're down like a thousand episodes, that's how we'll remember. Right. What the right. Oh, what was, what was that? Oh, yeah, Human Clay, not Gourmet. Yeah, but by that time, we'll have to be like only the top 10 hashtags get... We'll have yeah. to have like a Google Doc with all the old uh, hashtags that got retired, you know? In the archives. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So... But I have uh, a quick question. Yeah. Or a question for you. Go for it. How have you evolved as a musician? <sighs> What's my starting point? I don't know. Just like, how would you say... Have you changed in any way? That's a really good question. I, I know it's bad to leave like empty space on a recording, <laughs> but um, here's... Or like guitars, like equipment. I think my general... Yes. Okay. That's a good place to start. I, I wouldn't... It's not so much an evolution as you just like learn things. Yeah. And I guess maybe... Maybe... Part of this could be ignorance. Right? Like, I don't know about you, but as far as my guitar rig goes right now, um, you know, I started in high school and we bought the guitar that was affordable. And then you bought, when you got something, you graduated from a 12 inch practice amp, mm-hmm. you got the thing your friend got. Oh, okay. So we were both carrying around crate vintage club 50s, like two That's 12 cool. inch speaker cool. combos. I still have it. Yeah. Um, and so for those who aren't familiar with that, Usually you see mu- famous musicians with what you'd call a stack or a half stack, which is a big speaker cabinet with a heavy thing on top. And most people call that the amp. Yeah. But the amp is the rectangle on top. Uh-huh. The square with all the speakers is called the speaker cabinet. And they're two separate pieces usually. But a lot of us, our first amp was a combo amp. Mm-hmm. And then, But you watch your most famous, famous musicians and stuff, and they all have these stacks. So you yep. think like as your sound improves, you need to get a stack. And there is some credence to the idea that like stacks have a warmer tube sound because you know, for several reasons that we don't need to get into, but like the sound is objectively better, mm-hmm. some would say. 
as I went on, and I did get a stack. I have a 5150 because of my Van Halen phase. Uh, yeah. So I have a 5150 that I used for a while, but now it sits in my garage because when when you mic amps and and you put stuff in the front of the house, when, when you're using a whole the amp to power the whole room like you used to do when we were stupid in college, you know, you needed a bigger amp. But now you could play a 12-inch practice amp mm-hmm. if you wanted, if, as long as you're micing it. Yep. So, you know... I use a combo amp that sounds pretty versatile, and I, and I went from Les Pauls because X, Y, or Z played a Les Paul, and mm. you know Fender. Str- or I wanted an Ibanez, like I don't know what their model names are even, but but the Offspring played Ibanezes, mm-hmm. so that's what I wanted. Yeah, but obviously that's a stupid reason to want an instrument. It's, it should be about how it sounds. So when I started doing cover bands, especially with the f- second cover band I was in, uh, the Zen band that did a lot of Motown, but a little bit of rock stuff, you needed a guitar that sounded more versatile. Les Pauls, to me, although I like them, are a little more limited in the range of types of music you can play with them. They're a great rock guitar. They're a great blues guitar. They're not a spectacular funk guitar, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, But strats can sound pretty good doing most stuff so so that i play a strat i like active pickups so i have like the emg pickups rather than the passive ones and uh that's kind of how my equipment has evolved playing wise um hmm that's tough too because i like your approach yeah my approach sadly my approach is the same as it has always been i don't practice very much Mm. (laughs) So if I practiced, I am a bit of a slave to rules, which is a weird situation for a musician. Like it's hard, like I like to improvise, but I like to improvise within a certain set of parameters and I don't study enough to work well outside of them. Mm. It's a weird paradox where like the more you know, um, the more you are like harnessed by what you know, but also the more you learn, the better you are at, pushing those boundaries a little bit and i'm not i haven't crossed the threshold into pushing the boundaries Mm -hmm. of what i know i'm still in the like middling stages where i know some stuff i know more than most people i think but i can't like bust out of it so in my opinion a lot of the things i do when i'm improvising sound the same Mm -hmm. so it's kind of where i am i'm not i'm not gonna impress anybody with that i was actually thinking about this yesterday how um and this is not like a uh I'm not putting on a pity party for me, but very often in bands, I am the like lower half of the players in the group, which I think is good. Like if I'm one of the best players in the group, the group's probably not going to be that good. But if I'm where I am in the wet bandits and where I was in agent 99 and where I was in, uh, the Christy Angeletti band, the first band I was in, like I was the worst player in that group. That was a mm, second worst. Christy was the worst. <laughs> but, Dude, you are a master shredder, bro. N- I'm not I remember a- when like I joined this band and like people were most impressed with you. They're like Dude, that guitar player was sweet. Dude. That that does not happen very often. Yeah. At least they don't tell me that very yeah. often. That was not me fishing for compliments. I swear well, to God, dude, no yeah. one ever comes up. To, people always come up to Josh, understandably. The singer is always the. Uh-huh. But people come up to Jeff. To, and Jeff is good. Mm. Jeff's the bass player, by the way. Um and people come up I don't I don't I think it's me and Danny who people don't ever say anything to. Mm. 
Dude, uh, yeah, you're a The people on the video know why there was so much empty space because I was taking a big drink. Yeah. You One need, time... You didn't take a drink of that bear. The be- I know. The best compliment I ever got in the Wet Bandits, I think, was from a guy at Hollywood Casino. Oh, really? When, when we played there, there was a guy who, after we took our first break, he called me over and was like, hey, man, I know that you might be underappreciated, but I can tell that you're doing all the signature parts and singing backups at the same time. And I was mm. like, hey, man, thanks. Like, that was too much praise. Like, I mess up a lot. But the the goal that I have is to be able to play all the parts that are recognizable and do backups well. That's really all I go for. So, yeah, I do. Anyway, we are... I mean, I like talking backstory. Yeah, no, I... Do you have any backstory you want to talk about? Backstory? Yeah, your evolution. Maybe people are wondering about oh. your evolution. Because we're talking about maybe Should one of the most... Should we do it now or next step? Do Let's do it do next step. Okay. Because right now it's yeah. 7.45... <laughs> And we're about to talk about two long <laughs> albums. Long ass albums. Oh no, we have one more thing to do first. We got another review. Do do do. This one comes from Stitcher. Um, Stitcher the site, not okay. Stitcher the person. This comes from your boy. I I had must not have looked at this one because it was posted 18 days ago. From your boy, titled Total Tools. These two are complete tools, but I love the show. Can't deny the five stars, son. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That is a fine review. Yeah. That's the kind of thing we like. A little bit of a backhanded compliment, but five stars only. That's what we like to hear. So please do that. We'll read your review unless they start pouring in by the hundreds. I would read them all. Uh, yeah, we pr- we'll just have like, we'll call it uh, Wet Bandit's mailbag. Yeah. And we'll, <laughs> we'll do shifts of reading the reviews. So... Like I said already, last week we started with Opiate and Undertow. Now we're moving on to Anima and Lateralis. We explained Opiate is kind of not really, it's half an album, so we're going to put it into one episode. Why are we doing Anima and Lateralis together? Well, that's because we have already done an Anima episode. What At Hound Dogs. At Hound Dogs. That was great. You need to go back to Season 1, Episode 6 to listen to our Anima episode. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over it too much, though, because because I, I do want to put a little context in here. Mm. So, was there anything about Anima you wanted to say that you had thought about? Do you feel? Do you like still feel the same about like your cover cut? And do you remember what yours were? My favorite gem was Hooker with a Penis. Is that right? Yeah. And my one we would cover Stink Fist. Yeah, probably. I think and so. And uh, the one I would cut. I can't remember it. That's a hard one. All these tool ones, like what you'd cut is kind of difficult because they have so many like songs that aren't songs. Yeah. But <clears throat> but uh I'm sure your your uh your contenders for that would probably be like Jimmy H or, or something. Push It. Maybe I don't or H. H you know, I think you said H. Mm-hmm. Which which kind of shocked me because H was a single. Oh, um yeah. uh and I like H a lot, mm-hmm. but um yeah so i i actually looked up i i keep a google doc of the episode details and from from each one and for some reason i never put in our cover cut oh really hidden gem for that one i don't know why but i didn't but that's how i remembered it was episode six but anyway it's not that important what we picked you should go back Mm. and listen to that episode anyway season one episode six mike and sam and hound dogs in uh the south clintonville slash campus area of Ohio State. Um, 
I think if I was going to pick real quick, um, cover probably Stink Fist with a real heavy nod to 46 and 2. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Stink Fist is more famous and it's a little more like radio friendly, I guess. I would say 46 and 2 is, man. Really? I I know, like, Non tool fans probably know forty six and two. You think? See, I think the exact opposite. Even that uh, girl from Saint Vincent's, the band mm-hmm. Saint Vin- was covering it. I mean, not that like I don't know, but like that's kind of a different genre. Good point. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Forty six yeah. and two is a better song. I just think Stingfist. We're gonna get into this a little bit. We're already. Gonna, I'm gonna start comparing it to Lateralis already, but. Stinkfist is the best example of the biggest difference between the two for me, which is that the songwriting is tight in Anima. Yeah. And the songwriting is much more experimental in uh-huh. Lateralis. And Stinkfist is a tight five-minute song, yeah. five-minute metal song. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the length. I'm talking about they get every idea in quick uh-huh. and, and aggressively. And uh, Danny Carey really starts to experiment with like the different electronic drums and yeah. you know stuff like that. Yeah, because it's not throughout the album like Lateral Alice, mm-hmm. you know. But. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so r- real quick, uh, I said that I think I'd cover Sting Fist. I would cut. I think I'd cut Push It. Oh yeah. And and uh, my hidden gem, totally hooker with a penis yeah. for sure. That song's sweet. I'm, I think maybe when we did the episode, I might have cut Third Eye. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I'm not a big Third think, Eye yeah, fan. I like it. Dude, I read this article by Loudwire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was up there. I, dude, Third Eye is like the, they said they, it was like the top 45 Tool songs or whatever. Yeah. And Third Eye is like fifth. Push It is like fourth. Push It's way up there. It might not be fourth, but I mean, and they had like Wings for Marie, which we'll talk uh, about next episode in the top 10. Like, what are they doing over there? Mm. I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> so, I think they just re- pulled them out of a hat. I think they chose Lateralis to be the best yeah. Tool song, and then they just were like, oh, let's take <laughs> yeah. them out of a hat. Whatever. They're all weird, so whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I think that's the part. If we're going to just skip over Anima and ask people to listen to that first episode, I think what I would say the biggest difference is because actually I think the two are similar in some ways, but you with, with, uh, Anima, you get tighter songwriting, which equates to poppier songwriting too. Yeah. Like Anima, the song is also mm. kind of like poppy and not poppy, but, uh, it, it's more traditional. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's less vamping. It's more traditional, like, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then they have verse B, like which is a little change. Like mm-hmm. it's still metal and it's still progressive, but it's it's definitely tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what year did Anima come out? Oh, dude, we forgot to do that. This is the new favorite thing we like to do. So I, I blew this because we're not used to doing it all right. But September seventeenth. 1996. And when did Lateralis come out? May 15th, 2001. Before we do Lateralis, let's talk about the other things that were popular on September 17th, okay. 1996. Number one mainstream rock song, Burden in My Hand by Soundgarden. Okay. So, uh, number one album that that date. Super Pearl, unknown. Pearl Jam's No Code. Oh. Actually, uh, Burden in My Hand is from Down on the Upside. 
Oh, okay. Is from that out. Is that the name of that album? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so, so what? If you remember the last episode when we did Undertow, there was no rock in the in the top anything oh. that we did. So obviously, what we're seeing is probably like the tail end of grunge popularity, where even though commercially it's more popular, mm. it's like it's already crested the summit, yeah. and it's going to be coming back down here because Burden in My Hand represents probably the last time Soundgarden was. Like had a mega hit album. No Code is probably Pearl Jam's last like mega hit, and that's in part because it was so different from what Pearl Jam did before. Mm. But um, and that's a lazy analysis. But I think that's probably accurate. If when if and when we do the Pearl Jam series, we'll probably go over that again. But just to stick it to rock, number one song. I'm gonna pause. I want you to think about it. I want I'll pause so the audience can think about it too. Number one song. On September 17th, 1996, it is not a rock song. Oh, really? But it is very, it is a 90s, like, time capsule. I don't know. Your first hint is that it was number one for 17 weeks. So basically the entire summer. Is it Michael Jackson? It is not. I have a great second hint for you. Hurry up already! <laughs> Taking forever. Take, take forever. <laughs> so I thought I thought you were gonna make another guess. Second hint: the song is not in English. Dude, is it? I don't know, dude. It's the goddamn Macarena, uh, number one for seventeen weeks, uh, and se- September seventeenth was somewhere in the middle there. I think it was near the tail end, though, for the Macarena at that point. So that was what was popular when Anima came out. May 15th, 2001, I was a sophomore in college when Lateralis came out. Um, You were how old? Dude, uh, first grade, bro. First grade, nice. Uh, Number one song, All For You, Janet Jackson. Meh. I don't know that song. It's all for you. It's all for you. I don't know. It's not great. Number one mainstream rock song. What would you expect that to be? White Stripes or Jet or something like that. Really? Yeah. Well, here's here's what I would posit to you. Um, oh, is it Blink One Eighty Two? No, no. But do you know do you know what kind of big thing Tool did this week? What make put it on the media? Well, we talked about that last week. Do you, um, what's the name of the, is the first single called Fear Inoculum? Yeah. Okay. Fear Inoculum became the first song ever to get into the Billboard Top 100 and be over 10 minutes long. Oh, so like, So, yeah. So, they're in the Top 100. They're not number one, but what I'm getting at is, you know, we said in 96 that, uh that you know maybe grunge and that kind of rock music had like crested yeah but tool because they take so long and because they have that like really strong following yeah they they're always gonna like bust the charts when they come in Uh now i'm not saying that i'm not saying that tool had the number one mainstream rock song because they didn't but what what was for mainstream rock what was ushered in after grunge new metal 
It's oh, new metal. Like Limp Biscuit. And- exactly. But this happened to be I Stand Alone, Godsmack. Oh. I Stand Alone. Stand alone. There we go. That's better. Yeah. Um, Did you get it out? Uh, barely. <laughs> number one album? What? Lateralis. Oh. Man, number one album when it was released. So their first number one. Yeah. Um, at least opening week. I don't know if Anima ever Dude, I ended feel like up. this is like the album that like, not, I don't want to say define tool, but really like, this is like the sound that they kind of stuck with. For sure. You know what I um, mean? Now, I've been, I've been saying, you know, I think in the last episode, I can't remember which song it was, but I said, like, this song from Undertow starts to sound like Anima, you know? Uh, I would say that Push It, even though I don't like Push It, mm-hmm. really, starts to sound like Lateralis. There's some parts in Push It, because Push It actually has some cool parts. Yeah. And then it ends up being, like, four minutes of cool for me, and then six minutes of, like nothing happening Uh and it's like that's why i don't love push it but you get a little of that with lateralis but not that again i i sound like i'm crapping on it but i'm not no so um let's just get into it yeah full bore this spiral out oh my god (laughs) um so i don't know what you think i kind of think Man, Stink Fist is a great opener, but The Grudge oh, yeah, is dude. a really good opener, too. I love how the album starts. It start, It's like uh, like a machine starting or something like yeah. that. Can you play that beginning? Like, Yeah, man. Here it is. You can barely hear it. It's because it's in our headphones too low. Is that better? Yeah. I know the machine part's over, but... Yeah. So badass, dude. Dude, right? Um... They opened with this at Rock on the Range. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, so that song, Sweet, it is a little slow. It's a slower starter, obviously, than Stink Fist. Is that too loud in your headphones now? Yeah, Our voices? I, I can hear the music now. Oh, wait. What's too loud? Their music is too yeah. loud? We can't fix that. Yeah. But are your, is your voice loud enough? Yeah, dude. Cool. So it's a little bit of a slow song, but it's cool. Uh-huh. Um, but where it really does it for me... Is it about the 240 mark, which we'll take you to now? Oh, is that like... you get it right yeah so uh it just has and th- and then it's just more of like a slow build what i what i wanted to ask you about is at 340 this becomes and they do it a little bit on anima but 340 you hear these drum fills right and it's a little bit of a danny carey signature where the snares off oh yeah 
so good, dude. So this next part is just like how versatile Danny Carey is. Like all that space he's just leaving in there. Yes. Yeah. Important. Yeah. And I've, we've talked many times about how we like the open space. Uh, but like, why does he do, take the snare off? Why? I just think it uh, gives it that texture. Yeah, you it does. I mean? It kind of sounds world music-y. Yeah, yeah. You know, like U2. Like Latin or something. Yeah. yeah. I need to learn to take drinks while you're talking. Yeah. Um, you need to learn to take a drink of that. <laughs> Dude, this song is just like, it's so good. It's yeah. eight and a half minutes long. Okay, we got to back up a little bit because then he turns the snare back on for what's what's basically the same part but they're like, okay, these fills are going to be more like rock. We're yeah. not going to put any art into it. This uh-huh. is just going to like blow your face off. And he, did, this snare hits like a cannon. Here, here it comes in maybe like ten seconds. It never hurts to lead into it like this. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Pow! Yeah. I know that made a pop in the mic, but it's worth it. Pow! Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Um, so, this this song basically ends at seven minutes and then just, like, drags out for another minute and a half. But it's, uh, it's sweet. Um, then you have a song that's not a song. You know, like... Bzz, yeah. Bzz, yeah. Bzz, <laughs> bzz, <laughs> What were you going to say? Just the, the typical tool. Typical in, tool. Interludes. Yeah, yeah, interludes. And then you have The Patient, which is song three. Do you have thoughts on this song? Can you even hear it? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay. Um, it's all right. It's, um... I, I mean... Re- I remembered it... I remembered liking it more than I do. It's like... Really good if you want to sit and like listen to an album like you want to watch a movie. But yeah. it's not, like if you were like want some jams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is what Tool's trying to do. Yeah. Do. You're right. Tool is trying to duel. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with, with this song, um, it for me, it remi- it's the only Tool song that I think reminds me a little bit of a perfect circle. Mm. Maynard's uh, main, or I shouldn't say main, his probably most famous side project. It's it's in his melodies and like, I guess it's a little bit of the music too. That that like that little melody he does. Yeah. It's kind of like more like a vocal bend. Uh-huh. Um, and the bass, the the way the bass is just kind of like droning and not particularly like punchy. Yeah. Sounds like Perfect Circle to me, which is not. It's uh, more of like an actual structured song. Than yeah. Like, like uh, you know. Yeah. You know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm not. Again, that doesn't mean the song's bad because yeah. I think it sounds yeah. like Perfect Circle a little bit, but I'm just like, it's okay. Yeah. No. Um. Let's go to. Then we have another like little thing. Play real fast. Mantra. Yeah. Th- song four. Yeah. This is another interlude. Dude, 
dude, so creepy. So creepy, dude. I had to unmute you. I'm muting our microphones during the music part so the oh. ambient sound doesn't come in. Are those whales? Dude, I don't know, but it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, it sounds like uh, like zombie whales. Yeah. Ooh. I probably shouldn't have hit those mute buttons. It's probably more jarring for the listeners to be like, did they just teleport away from yeah. the bar? <laughs> so I'll, I'll just leave it on now. Can you tell what's a real zombie whale and what's my voice? Dude. How about the audience can't? <laughs> you know, I need to be careful with my zombie impressions. Silverchair just needs to be careful, yeah. bro. They need to watch <laughs> out, bro. That's definitely my favorite quote from last episode. What? What no, is it? They need to watch out, bro. I think that's what you said about Silverchair. Oh yeah, when we, yeah, when they, yeah. <laughs> because all their songs sound like other songs. Well, a crazy. lot of them do. That was crazy. So, we've we've started Schism here. Top three most popular Tool song, you think? Maybe one. Maybe one or two. Yeah. What's your? Is it Sober, Parabola, and then this one? I forgot about Sober. I think it's Sober Stink Fist in this one. And 46 and 2, maybe. Maybe. So, here's what's the jam about Schism. Uh, If if you go back, I'm going to rewind and play the intro again. So, it starts with this bass riff, right? Which is fine as hell. Yeah. Um, Then, the drums and the guitar come in. And they are just playing it all unison. And Danny Carey is yeah. clicking it off on the hat. And Adam Jones is picking it. Those are not. Again, yeah, you told me. Sometimes I got to remember that for, there are many people who are listening who don't play a guitar. So for those who do, I'm sorry to like go over this exhaustively. But for those who don't know. The, there are these things that you can do on a guitar called hammer-ons that, and pull-offs, which generally make riffs that are fast easier to play. It's not a lazy thing. It's more of a style thing. Um, and and so if you do hammer-ons and pull-offs, it doesn't make you a worse player. It's just like you're going for a different sound. But inherently, it's easier than picking every single yeah. note. But when these guys are playing this, Adam Jones is picking every single note. And... That in itself is not the impressive part, but the fact that they are so tight. Yeah. Tight as an asshole is is his tool. And that's what's sweet about this song. Um, I mean, besides the fact that it's just like a friggin' cool song. Um, I I forget sometimes. um, I don't know. It's it's just sweet. Um, So I'm going to go to 510. In the in the song, sorry, hard pause. The song's good, but it gets really good uh, when there's a slow build uh, from about five ten and, and kind of climaxing at five twenty in the song. Oh yeah. Hey, 
dude. Sweet. Yeah. Is your headphones? I'm gonna say that mine are. My headphones are so loud that when we set down our drinks, it's like thunderous. <laughs> but that's good. We want to be able to hear ourselves. So, sweet song. Kind of gets. It's one of those kind of like Sting Fist that you forget how good it is a little bit because, because you hear it so much. You hear yeah. it so much. Uh, speaking of which, for uh, actually, I'm gonna go back to the end. Parable and Parabola are tracks six and seven, and and. Parable goes straight into Parabola. Because of the player we mm. use, it'll probably like, there'll be like a little oh, yeah. bit of a break between the two, but I'm going to play the last uh, roughly 15 seconds of Parable and it'll go into like Parabola. Like how the guitar like swells. And then... Yes, it's so sweet. Here it is. Two things I already want to say really quick. Do you have anything? I, I feel like I'm always busting in real quick before you Bustin get a chance to say anything. In. No, um, it's pretty straightforward, like rock. It kind of re- reminds me of like even flow. Yeah. Like the style. Yeah. And what the thing about, I would totally agree. This song, for me, I know we just said like schism kind of gets swept under the rug because you hear it all the time. This song is a song that I'm always like, I forget how much I like it until I hear it again. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, parabola, like it's parabola. I don't you know, whatever. But then you listen to it and you're like, damn, that song is good. Yeah. The um, lyrics. And- yeah. Um, and specifically the part we just heard, you know, you get that opening riff and then, you know, then Adam Jones comes in with a lead part, which what I love about it. And I kind of want to play it again. I kind of don't want to subject you people to too much, but I think it bears playing one more time. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't go back far enough. Here it is. Okay, so when that lead part comes in that we just got to, a lesser band would overdub that. A lesser band would continue to have the rhythm guitar like chunking away, like, and just like, you know, laying the heft mm-hmm. right but oh, tool he doesn't do that no tool smartly drops the rhythm guitar out and just has lead guitar over the bass so here it is again oh yeah it's just the bass back there yeah just bass drums and lead guitar um and that is so much cooler. Yeah. Like it works partly because when you have mass, like m- a massive backing in the sound production department, like uh-huh. like if if the Wet Bandits did that, it would lose a little bit of its balls, uh-huh. you know. But um, and and that's my biggest complaint with like Rage Against the Machine live is there's a little bit of production that goes into the fact that Tom Morello plays like single string riffs and they sound huge on albums and just like live, mm. it's a little different. Yeah. But Tool manages to do it, recreate it pretty well live too. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, very, 
you know, like I said, it's a strong, stronger song than I always give it, than I ever give it credit for. Um, Music videos nuts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like a lot of their, uh, it's yeah. kind of like, um, you know, that breath of air was necessary. Like they're all necessary. Every tool uh, video is kind of creepy yeah. or crazy, but um, there is then, you know, that's kind of the main riff of the song and, and they build on that um, from, from parable a little bit, but then they come in with this like new riff if, about four minutes in. That's also sweet that I want people to uh, remember if they're familiar with this song. I'm going to back up to about four minutes here. That is also sweet. That riff reminds me of an Allison Chains song called Fear the Voices, which is a little lesser. I actually played it for you on the Dirt episode. Okay. Um, but it was just a B-side, but um. neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about that. But that's Parabola in a nutshell. Um, again, Parabola, you know, I kind of already said, well, no, I implied it. I didn't really say it. Parabola could go on Anima. Parabola is I like... I was just about to say that, yeah, it, no real straight i mean it's not straightforward rock but just kind of like the foundation just drums guitar bass no special effects kind of right tight songwriting too not a whole lot of like um vamping messing around and then in stark contrast we have ticks and leeches crazy sweet opening how he gets that hi-hat going yeah that's such a john bonham thing yeah i think Dan, like john bonham's a big influence really to, yeah <laughs> short story well it might not be that short but this song is effing long so i have time when i was running track in college mm. when we were in indoor season they, they had a speaker system in the uh in the field house and when we would do workouts and when you're in competitive running like not every run is a workout. The, the times when you run really hard are workouts, right? So we'd run workouts on the track, but the girls had to do workouts too. And the, the head coach was really kind of like, he favored the girls' team like heavily. Um, so most of the time, they were allowed to bring in tapes of like recorded tunes and like play them. But they'd play, you know, like Janet Jackson, LFO, like you're doing a workout to like this you know pop tunes but occasionally the guys would and I would always want to put the playlist together and I definitely had Stink Fist Uh, on a couple and I definitely had Ticks and Leeches really so like imagine this at your field house in college while you work out yeah I was it was a little intense I'm not defending my choice there. <laughs> Do people it's, like it? You know, 
I think that my track friends mostly like appreciated my enthusiasm. I don't uh, think they liked it, but oh, they weren't yeah. going to be like they weren't going to shit on me, you know, because you know, I took the time to put it together. I had a carefully crafted workout mix. But definitely my workout mixes were catered more towards songs that had builds. Okay. Like they ended with a bang. They weren't like yeah. straight. You know, I'd have them bones on there yeah. occasionally, which is a pretty like driven, like yeah. baller song from the get-go. But for the most part, I had like slow builds. I mean, and this song is like killing it right now. Uh-huh. But then, oh my goodness, you get at 325, <coughs> cough off mic. Right now, we are at about three minutes in the song. When you get to 325, everything drops out. I'm going to fast forward to 325, and there's pretty much nothing. If you have this on in your car, like on CD, I'm sure the audience probably can't hear very much of it right now. But if you have it on in your car, you really can't hear it. You probably mm. turn it up. This goes on for two and a half full minutes. There's a little bit of a volume build and some other things happen, but this is exactly what I've always said about Lateralis. And I like Ticks and Leeches. Uh-huh. I like this song. But it has a lot of this, where it's like nothing's really changing. Nothing's really happening. This is what I'm talking about, the difference between tight songwriting and Anima versus the more experimental, as I yeah. punch the mic, yeah. songwriting and Lateralis. It takes from 325 to 555 before this song starts again. And I'm just going to hard pause and go to 555. And let me tell you, uh, when it comes back in, it comes back in like it is not messing around. All right, here you go. It'll stop for about seven seconds and then come back in for you. You like ticks and leeches? Yeah. It's intense, but I yeah. I like it. I yeah. Drums are definitely signature. For sure. Yeah. Um, is it hot in the barn right now? No. Dude, I'm so. kind of sweaty. Dude, all these tools make them sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way for me. Um, and that brings us to the titular track, the title track. This was the first tool song I ever, I ever heard. What? Yeah. Wow. Cool. So first song Sam ever heard from Tool was Lateralis, which we glossed over this oh, one yeah. episode, the Fibonacci sequence, right? Which the cool like little story about this song is that the the lyrics, and I think in some way the time signatures, I couldn't find that, mm-hmm. um, but like the lyrics are definitely based on the Fibonacci sequence. Am I getting the name right? Yeah. I think I am where I hope I can explain this better than I can think about it in my head. So essentially what you have in that sequence is is numbers that when you add the previous two together, you get the next one in the sequence. So one, 
and one is two, one and two is three, two and three is five, five and three is eight, and so on. And Maynard's lyrics in this, if you were to see them like in stanzas, like a poem, they they that many syllables are in each yeah. line, uh, up until eight, and then it goes back down um, for the first uh, verse, and then this sort of like pre-chorus turn this down a little bit as the song starts jamming the pre-chorus goes to 13 so he like skips it, it's not it's not that important what it is is just like a cool tool like thing to cool do. thing to do <laughs> right so um song is sweet i don't know yeah. was there any part that's kind of like my note for the song was there anything in particular you wanted to say about it just this drum part's really cool it is cool. And then, like, I like at the end, like, you think the song is going to end, and then they go in that, that bass part, like, like, the bass slides, you know what I mean? Uh, yes, yes. Like, at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, the song is good. I don't think it's the best Tool song, though, like Loudwire does. Or yeah. whatever. I, I mean, it's pretty impressive that they did that with the syllables, which is yeah. But like you said, that's like a cool thing they did. Yeah. Um, it's a good song, but I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah. There's no part of it that I'm like, oh my god, yes. You I think it's I mean? a little bit more like um, brighter sounding than um, some of the other songs. I'd agree with that. It sounds like a song for hope, not, um, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, a song for hope. Which I thought the same thing of, um, I mean, the subject matter of Anima is like the opposite of that. Yeah. But there's that one bit, the little bridge where they like, where it, the distortion comes off and they've got like some sort of phaser on it. And he's like, I'm praying for rain. Oh, yeah. I'm praying for tidal uh-huh. waves. Uh-huh. And like, that sounds like, like, it's pretty, yeah, you know, yeah. but he's literally saying, like, I'm praying that California falls <laughs> into the ocean. Um, but but that has that same, I mean, it's even brighter than yeah, this, yeah. but but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do this song a disservice by, like, glossing over it, but I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah, listen to the song, people. Yeah, just listen to it, I guess. So the next three are, like, sort of interesting because what i heard about disposition reflection and triad mm-hmm. is that they're meant to be like a triad oh. like triad is the last of um these three songs and disposition and reflection like the titles sound similar um disposition to me is the one that sounds a lot like wings for marie oh yeah uh, from yeah. Ten Thousand days so so this is the one that sounds most like their next album. Um, it's a cool, like, like, riffs the wrong word. Cool little uh, melody, mm. I guess. Cool sounding song, but, yeah. like, I'm skipping this. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's like, mention something, yeah. mention yeah. anything, watch the weather change. It's a cool song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this? No. Probably because we're not smart enough. There's probably like yeah. some crazy crap going on. <laughs> some crazy shit in the next dimension, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But then you have an 11-minute 
Opus with oh, reflection. This, one's sweet. this one is sweet. Yeah. You've got that like born. Like an Indian drum or <laughs> we something. We did it at the same yeah. time. We have that one Instagram shot where we drink the beers at the same time and set them down at the same time, which by the way, not planned at all. You can tell yeah. from the video because we're not even looking at yeah. each other. But just then we both went boing. <laughs> um, sweet bass riff too. Yeah. This also sounds like 10,000 days. Specifically uh, Rosetta Stone oh, a yeah. little bit. like Which is, oh, I love that song. Yeah. That song to me is almost more impressive than Lateralis, but that's for next week. Um, so this song has a nice build it's like, to um, it. has like a little bit of swing to it. You it know. absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and it just holds this like bass riff the yeah. whole time, which to, is really to cool. To me, this sounds like in, uh, like you're like in a video game and like you're like in like a volcanic cave and there's like lava spewing everywhere. Dude, <laughs> you know totally. I mean? Totally. That's so fun. Remember what you just said because yeah. I had a similar thought about the next song. Okay. It'll all tie together. But this song... This does sound like you're about to take down Bowser or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, but Maynard's voice sounds like he's in a dream. Oh, yeah. You know, like with the phaser. And like, it kind of oh. sounds like it's like a, a shifter. Like he's some of it's backwards uh-huh. and then it comes back forward or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to fast forward through this one at all? Is there sure. any part you want to hear? Let's just click a random spot. It's hard because when the song's 11 minutes long, it all kinds of sound the same. Here's five-minute mark. I had a hair up my nose there. I had to wipe it on camera. Boogies. Boogies. Let me stop for a second. My daughter, hard pause, my daughter yesterday, she gets boogers. Mm. She's two years old, all right? She gets boogers and she picked her nose. That... I should back up. She hates it when we try to get the boogers out of her mouth. Or out of her mouth. <laughs> out of her nose. She will not blow her nose. She won't let us get them out for her. But you know, sometimes she can't breathe. Uh-huh. The other day, she picked a booger out and handed it to me and said, Boogie. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Proud of you. <laughs> proud of you. Picking your own boogs now. Someday she's going to watch this or listen to it and be <laughs> yeah. like, I can't believe. She's going to be running for president. Yeah. And this audio will come up. So, I'm sorry for all the hard pauses, but I also want to say, if you're listening to this and you've never heard this song before, don't let this little snippet sour you on it. <laughs> because it's hard with an 11-minute song that's basically like the same yeah, to beat. click around and find yeah. cool parts to show you. Just you, you know, if you watch Citizen Kane and you only watched minute 10, minute 37, and minute 54 and like didn't see the end and never saw the beginning or anything in the middle but little clips, probably wouldn't be the greatest movie of all time. And this song is not the greatest song of all time, but it's worth a listen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Triad is supposedly, um, is supposedly the one that is rounding these off. This one's a little heavier once it gets going. Yeah, a lot more distortion. So you said the last one like felt like you were in a video game and yeah. uh, and uh, like through a volcano and stuff. Yeah. I, I was driving here listening to this. I'm turning it down a little bit. I was driving here listening to this and I thought to myself, this sounds like the soundtrack to a Rob Zombie reboot of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I see like, what you're saying. Like, 
can you just see that guy about to rip that uh-huh. guy's heart out? Like that's what this sounded like yeah, to me. Yeah. You got like the tribal drums. That's exactly what it is. It's the tribal drums and like the and and just like the pulse of it. It's very heartbeatish. So that's what I I was like, what? What would that be? Yeah, a Rob Zombie version. Yeah. So so what do we? There's no lyrics to this song. There's no real lyrics in reflection. There are, but they're hard to understand. Mm-hmm. There's hardly any lyrics in disposition. So what are they trying to do? Yeah, and then the last song. Hey, you, do you know how to pronounce that? What? The name of the last song. Oh, the alien one? Yeah. No. Yeah, so the Is last... It French or something? I don't know. I'm not even going to try. I didn't do any it research. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the point being that Lateralis is like, in some ways, the last song. I mean, that's yeah, not true. No, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying, yeah. though? Like, it's definitely the last potential single. You know, usually yeah. you would think that uh, most bands, I think, when if they you put started it, playing this shit at a party, people would run out the door. Yeah, you know? yeah right. Or maybe they would stay. Exactly. Maybe. Like, you would think most, <laughs> like, get weird. I'm sure when Third Eye Blind puts out an album, uh-huh. they're not like, okay. Five of these songs are radio plays. Seven of them are just there to make noise. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it'll be fucking cool, but they're just going to be noise. Like, that's what Tool does. Yeah. Lateralis is the last potential single. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do a four-and-a-half-minute song that's cool, but not not much is going to happen. And then we're going to do an 11-minute song <laughs> that sounds like a Temple of Doom soundtrack slash... No, no, no. Sorry, the 11 minute song sounds like you're Bowser. Yeah. Or going to get Bowser in his volcano cave. And then the last song is going to be like the heavy metal version uh-huh. of that. Um, and then you've got like some fake alien like noise thing. Yeah. That's how it rounds out the album. Badass, dude. Yeah, it's good. Um, I do not, um, I don't want to put the cart before the horse yet um, because we like to rank these at the end. Um, but. Uh, Lateralis is great. It to me, it's not as good as a, I, I had it on this pedestal going in, mm-hmm. and now that we've really dived into it, I don't think it's as good as I thought it was. That doesn't. Yeah. It could still be the best. In fact, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because actually, Anima kind of had the, the same thing for me. Like mm-hmm. th- both albums are similar in a way that they start off super strong. Yeah. So strong. And then, but at the end, I'm kind of like, okay, I can make it. Like, I can concentrate long enough to make it through this, but that is it. Um, but The Patient, for me, which is from Lateralis, is not as good as Eulogy. Oh, which is yeah. the second real song on Anima. Uh, yeah. Now, Anima has less of this, like, mm-hmm. experimental stuff. So, like, the first uh, three songs on Anima are songs. Um, th- three of the first five are real songs on Lateralis. So, but anyway, the point is that the beginning of Lateralis for me is not as strong as Anima, I don't think. I think the end is stronger for me than Anima. So, like, oh, yeah, you got 46 and 2. 46 and 2. No, 46 and 2 is 5. Oh, really? So it's like 
Oh, third St- eyes last. Yeah, Stink Fist, Eulogy, H, Fake Song, 46 and 2. Mm. Like, that is a killer yeah. way to open an album. But, and then, Especially then Fake Song. Undertale. Then, right. Know, Tool just keeps evolving, bro. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Well, that's what makes the discography so interesting yeah. for these guys. You almost could say we did it on purpose. Dude, their last song is just going to be like one 60-minute song. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, they they did evolve and, and continue to evolve so much um, because, you know, the sound, the sound on Undertow is so stripped down. Yeah. Like, it's metal and it's um, tool, but it's like there's not a whole lot of... Um, texture to the guitar sounds and stuff and like anima is all texture yeah and then so you've got all this texture with uh with definitely more complicated songwriting than you do on undertow but Mm. also some tight pop metal i might call it i guess um and maybe that's why some people don't like tool i don't know because they can be a little poppy and we talked about in the first time we did anima hooker with a penis is basically a song about maynard running into a fan who's like, you guys fucking sold out. And Maynard being like, eat shit, dude. Yeah. Like, what we did is make, uh-huh. we made super awesome album that people liked. It, it, it's not our fault that people bought it. Yeah. Like, we still rock. Like, yeah. and they do. Um, but they continue to evolve. And then you go to Lateralis and you still have all these, like, textures from the sounds, but then you layer different songwriting on top mm. of that so and then obviously we'll get into Ten Thousand days next week and then then the new album which we are trying to figure out how we're going to get out of work so we can yeah. <laughs> listen to that because it's going to take all day it's going to take <laughs> all day we're going to have to watch the videos uh, through the whatever the fucking cd case the I don't portal know. to the, the next dimension <laughs> the portal to the next dimension and then then we're going to probably have to listen to it four more times and by then our brains will be mush yeah or maybe we'll like become these like new beings right like right um, enlightened us yeah or maybe it'll be terrible what are the odds that the new album is terrible maybe we should talk about that next week yeah uh yeah okay yeah save it for next save it for next week because that because you know that will be the episode before the new album yeah on a level scale of one to ten, how like excited are you for it? I would say um, interested. Interested. It's like solid eight. Like I'm gonna go there early and buy this dude. Motherfucking yeah. machine. Dude, me too. I'm definitely like, I'm definitely an eight. Yeah. Maybe a seven. And I think it's getting pulled down just a little bit because I'm. My nervousness oh. is also like a seven. Yeah. Like I'm a little nervous that it's going to be like barely tolerable. Uh-huh. In the same way that like, in the same way that like there will be blood. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Great, great movie. Couldn't sit down and watch it like all the time. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there are parts of it are heavy, you know, boys don't cry. You seen that? mm um, Requiem for a Dream. No. Nope. Oh man, that Requiem for a Dream is probably the best example of like, like that's a good movie, but like mm, I don't want to see it again. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. And I'm worried I'm gonna feel a little bit that way. Uh. Uh-huh. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, did you have anything else for the 
good of the Dude, podcast. Get what we about to rock, bro. Oh yeah, we're about to rock here at uh, we're about to rock here at the barn. So uh, that was supposed to be a horse. So uh, what you will not be able to do is come out and see us because this will be released after the show. Yeah. But you know, follow us on the instas and the Facebooks, and maybe we'll put up some pictures and videos, and you can live vicariously through those. Bye. Bye.